I am going out into the middle of nowhere to turn five acres of desert into a permaculture oasis. Please join me on my journey. All right, so I am going to take some political action here and I'm going to read this to you. So um, <clears throat> I figured out who my representative in Congress is for my district in Texas. <clears throat> and I'm going off of what um, Cash Patel told X-22 report. It's ridiculous to me that we know what our powers are, we know what our rights are, and we know what the process is, and yet nobody's fucking doing anything. And I'm just... Um, it it's it boggles my mind <laughs> that people just want to you know they want to post memes on Facebook and they you know they're doing these I mean people are doing interviews and they're literally I mean Cash Patel knows what he's talking about he served in the government he knows what he's saying he knows how it works he understands the law it, it he he laid it right out there in this interview and yet he's sitting there saying. Why won't Congress use its powers, blah, blah, blah. And I'll explain that in a second. And I'm sitting there going, well, duh, it's because the people who he works, who they work for, haven't asked them to. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I'm like, how is it that I know the missing piece here that they're not, that these really amazing patriots who are discussing this in a, this amazing interview, I couldn't listen to it last night. I had to turn it off. It was just making me outraged. So the situation, basically, I'll just read you the letter. Dear Congressman, and I'm not going to say his name to protect my location. I am writing to, to direct you as my elected representative in Congress. It is clear that the DOJ and FBI are not providing Congress with the subpoenaed information it has required of these law enforcement bureaus for the last entire year. As you must know, it is a crime to violate a congressional subpoena. Congress has for a year now failed to utilize its inherent contempt of Congress powers, which it is granted for this situation specifically. When the DOJ and FBI are criminalized and we cannot rely on them to enforce the law, Congress has the power to enforce their own subpoenas. I therefore direct you to put the matter before your colleagues and adamantly instruct Congress to immediately wield its inherent contempt of Congress powers to enforce its own subpoenas and require the requested information be handed over to the DO by the DOJ and FBI immediately. Sincerely, blah, blah, blah. So that's really it. You write a letter. You, If you handwrite it, it's the top most effective of all of anything. That is literally the most effective thing you can do. And I'm not kidding. I'm saying this from experience. I've actually talked with senators and representatives in Congress for decades, and they've echoed this exact thing that I'm telling you right now. Snail mail letters are counted 2,000 to 10,000 times. What does that mean? It means that whenever you write a snail mail letter and send it to an elected official, either your representative in Congress or your senators, they count that letter as 2,000 to 10,000 other citizens who felt exactly the same way about that issue that you're writing them about. And just for whatever reason, whether it be they didn't have the money, they didn't have the confidence, they didn't quite know what to say, they didn't want to lick a stamp, they, they feel exactly the same way. And so they, they check. 2,000 to 10,000 of my constituents are asking me to do X, Y, Z. It creates a paper trail. They work for you. They have to do something about it. They cannot ignore a letter like that. An email, a phone call, those are the, that's to get you filling out a form on their website. Not as effective at all. That's to kind of steer you away from the power. And I'm telling you this. I have had senators write me back and tell me, yes, that is what we do. One senator wrote me back and actually told me, yes, I count it 10,000 times. But the typical number is 2,000 times. It's one of the, it's, I'm telling you. So basically take this letter that I just read you, write it out in your own words, and send it to your elected officials, particularly, specifically in this case, your congressional representative or representatives, because this is bullshit. And the answer is very simple. You might have been told by whatever that it doesn't matter and you don't have any power and that's the PSYOP. 
We are the masters. They are the public servants. That's literally their job title. They work for us. They do what we instruct them to do. That is their required lawful duty. And unless we instruct them, they're sitting there not doing their jobs. So, hello, little cat. <laughs> I walked up to the check dam and the cat came up here with me. Hi, you want to sit on the edge of the check dam? So please take five minutes. You can copy my letter and you can rewrite it. You can put it in your own words. I know that I'm coming off very stern, but that's my choice to do that. It does not matter. As long as you are polite and respectful, um, and that's all, that's all you have to do. You, you can literally say anything that you want them to know. You can ask them to provide you with information about something. Like you could phrase it like, I'd like to know why Congress isn't taking action on this immediately. Um, and specifically mention why they're not using their inherent contempt of Congress powers to enforce their own sub subpoenas. That's the main question of this letter. And I just got that from the knowledge and experience of Cash Patel, an amazing patriot, just by listening to the first 15 minutes of an interview. And he just laid it all out. But he doesn't, for some reason, know, and I find this to be very common, he doesn't, for some reason, know that that's how you do it. That's the power. That's how you wield your power. Write a letter. Okay, I'm done with my little rant, but please, please do it. Take five, ten minutes and do it. Just put it in an envelope. Lick a stamp. Put it out for the mailman. You know, do it. Because if, if, if you know, this whole investigation into, like, um, well, con Congress is holding hearings. I mean, they've been holding hearings for a while now, um, for I think several months. But if they don't start enforcing their own subpoenas, literally the DOJ and FBI being being as corrupt as they are, they're, they're not going to hand over the information about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and all of it. And it's going to go nowhere. And it'll just be a big waste of time. And people will sit around and, and keep saying, oh, you know, we don't have any power. You can't change anything. And that's bullshit. That's not true. It's literally just that we have been deep, we've been programmed in and trained to believe that we don't have any power, that there's nothing we can do, that they are our masters and we are their slaves. And that is absolutely the opposite of how it works. Unless and until they take out the Constitution through war, which is what they're trying to do, we have the power. I'm coming home from my new little part-time job as a farmhand and I'm in awe at the view I could get used to this so it's a big old huge mesa huge and it's got big old fluffy clouds over it today and there's some shadow hitting some of it from the clouds and then there's below that there's these foothills that are basked in the shadow of the clouds and it's there's it's the hills swoop swoop down into the valley and it's a really quite beautiful majestic view and then down on the desert floor of the valley i live in you have green on either side of the road it's quite beautiful even for a desert you know it's just like it's a desert but it's got a lot going for it even though it's you know, it might not be green grass everywhere, but to be honest, I got kind of sick of green grass everywhere when I was in Oregon. I didn't really like that look, and it's super water intensive anyway, and a lot of people put a lot of chemicals on their, land, on their lawns too, so. But yeah, this is a beautiful view, and um, I just, wow, yeah. I almost want to take a picture of it. <laughs> So I'm going to talk about pumps a little bit because I'm just going to share my my journey. Um, and this is somewhat related to solar too, so I hope this is interesting and helpful because I'm finding it to be clear as mud and extremely difficult to find information on. Uh, it's almost like people who understand it just understand it and deal with it and never try to help other people who don't understand it understand it um, or something. I found an article finally after many attempts to find this information 
And it had the best information I'd seen, but it still really didn't clear it up too well. So what I did learn, oh, and I'll give you the context of why I'm looking into this. So I bought a water transfer pump. I bought it from the local hardware store. It was the only one they sold. So they told me it would work. So I'm like, okay, well, you're local. You wouldn't sell this if it didn't work. So I'm going to buy it. It was $140. You can get kind of the same stuff on Amazon for like 40 bucks or something, 50 bucks. But I didn't know that at the time. And anyway, so I, I brought it home, used it for a short time. And then uh, the hose, the outlet hose, um, kind of cramped on it, in on itself accidentally. And I went to go, you know, relieve it. But I guess that must have been all it took to kill it because it stopped working. And I got it, I returned it and they, um, they refunded me. At first I tried getting a, an exchange and then realized that I had a... Uh, used transfer pump that was given to me by the guy I helped move to Mexico and he gave me that junk it was in the junk that he gave me but it, I tried it, it doesn't work uh, it came on but it didn't pump water same thing as basically the pump that I bought that's what it did, it was running but it wasn't pumping water so I'm guessing it's broken in the same way so I was thinking I'll just buy something online because you get it so much more cheaper, so much cheaper than you can locally um so I'm looking online and they all, all the pumps say, they give you this voltage and it's like 115 volts, 12 volts, 20 volts, 120 volts. There's all these different voltages listed. And I'm like, I have no idea what this means. Like, how do I know which one to get? Um, I called a farm supply store. They had no knowledge of this at all. Even the one they're selling in their store they say that the box didn't even say anything about voltage on it, which is like, well, then who in the world are these all Chinese pumps? Like, why is that the thing that's listed? Like, it just, none of it makes any sense. I called a building supply store. They don't deal in pumps. Didn't know what I was talking about. Called the local hardware store. The guy was at least able to look on the box of the one that they had sold me and tell me that it was 12 volts. So I had gotten somewhere that by that point, And I'm like, okay, 12 volts. When I plugged it in, it worked until I guess they told me like some pebble got into it or something or maybe because the fold, the hose folded it like can't it wasn't strong enough to handle whatever that did to it I don't know but it's like that's ridiculous you know it's like a poor quality product whatever so then I go online and I'm looking around and I'm looking I'm looking I can't find anything I find some weird obscure uh, thread where it's really not a, a answering the question I just can't seem to find the information Finally, I find an article and it's talking about, so here's what it says. And this is also confusing because it doesn't match what I experienced in the real world. So it says that DC current is for battery usage and AC current is outlet usage. It says a 12 volt motor is a DC motor and runs off a battery. So, and then solar is typically 12 volt DC. 120 volts is an AC motor and that uh, plugs into an outlet. Um, so here's what doesn't make sense though, is because the supposedly the 12 volt pump that I had purchased that worked, I plugged it in. I did not attach it to a battery. So I need to do a bunch more digging, but that's as far as I've gotten. And the application I need this for is in order to get my trailer working again, it has a flat tire. I need to get the water that I filled the two barrels um, in it um, uh, on it <laughs> I need to get them emptied so that I can move the trailer so that I can reach the the flat tire with the air compressor from my car you know um, a cigarette lighter um, and that way I can see if it's uh, if it you know, if it's just a slow leak or what happened, it's probably a puncture and I probably need to replace it. And someone's interested in buying my van. And so I'm going to show it on Saturday. So I need to figure out how to switch out the tire. And I've never done that before. And I'm watching videos on YouTube. But um, I think what I need is just a lug nut uh, wrench. And I think I have a scissors jack. So it seems like all I need is a lug nut wrench uh, or lug nut socket. I don't, I'm, this is, I'm, <laughs> I've never done this before, but, and that's a testament to the car being a great car because I never had to once do it in like all the years I had that car. 
so it does have a spare under the back under the car so that's good hopefully it works anyway so i will keep you updated as i learn more about pumps and if you know please god send me the information <laughs> Okay, so what I think I might do, there's two options. One is to just go buy that pump again that um, I got at the local hardware store. Because even though the store employee said it was 120, or sorry, 12 volts, it still had it, uh, just a power cord that I could just plug in to the wall. So the benefit of that would be I could use my generator with it. I could get my generator up onto the trailer. Um, and it probably would be okay, especially if I put the generator closer to the car, just about, you know, regarding the weight, because that trailer is pretty, you know, it's a pretty small trailer, and um, it probably will just only hold the, the two 55-gallon drums. <clears throat> but I can use the generator over at the new property before I get my power system set up to go ahead and transfer that water into barrels that I'll set up, just empty barrels, and pump that water off of the barrels in the trailer into those empty barrels. And I think I've got a total of six barrels, so I'll make a couple trips and I'll have, you know, 220 gallons of water on site, you know, um, just to kind of start out having something. And obviously I'll need to buy like a large tank and have water delivered and all that to get going, but like in the early days, you know, if I'm moving over there and there's, you know, the, the sale of the property hasn't cleared, or let's say I buy this property with my own money prior to selling my current property, you know, so there's just a way to, you know, do it. And it might be that I don't even need to do that at all because I end up just having the money by selling my property or other means, um, to just start working on things like power. Um, like, you know, before I move over there, but I, I feel like I'm going to be I want to be covered, you know, in that there might be a gap um, between when I have to move over there and when I have my power system all set up and running. Um, it's likely going to be a gap. So I want to have some things set up and I'm going to bring the minimal battery. It's a lead acid um, set up with the solar panel that I had my ex-boyfriend. I had hired him to, uh, he insisted I paid him, I pay him for it. So uh, he set up this like solar minimal solar system on the on the composting toilet and basically no one ever really uses it I mean I think when I have B&B &B guests they plug in their stuff I guess but it's just got a little solar strand light it's not even a solar I think it's a is it a, I think it might even be just a solar strand light so it's not even running anything it's just there <laughs> um, so I'm gonna take that over with me so that I have something <clears throat> and then I'll have the generator and that'll likely be unfortunately what I have to use. I'm not sure how it will work. You know, if I leave it in plugged in this many hours a day, will that power the RV for the next 24 hours? You know, like how does that all work? Cause I know that once you charge the house battery, it's, you know, it runs for like, I think you can use the RV for like a day or maybe two on that charge. But, uh, so I want to have multiple backup iterate, you know, like uh, redundancies, but the other option would be to get a, um, and I just looked into this just now for the first time, you can get a little lithium or lead acid battery. The lithium that I read the review on was, it, it said it, people said that it held a charge, whereas the lead acid, they said it didn't. Now that's not to say that all lead acid batteries don't hold a charge or that all lithium batteries do. It's just that that's the two that I was looking at. Those were, that's what the review said for those two items. And they're in the range of around, hmm, 40 to $60 for the pump. And then the battery is like around 30, $35. And then the, you also need to have like a, a lithium charger if I'm going to do lithium <clears throat> so that you can recharge the battery itself. And that's about 30 bucks. So all in, it looks like it's kind of around a hundred or so. And that's pretty comparable to the pump that I had purchased before that was 140 just for that pump which would mean I'd have to be using gas for the generator and lugging the generator and overloading potentially the weight capacity of the trailer. So I did learn a little bit more about it and it seems like this might be the way to go is just to buy those items on Amazon and, and 
you know, for around 100, 120 bucks, have a complete setup that's mobile so that I can actually take over off, totally off grid with no power system and still be able to, you know, transfer water um, into those barrels so that I can have some water on site. And I can potentially use this to, um, during that time, I can use this also to fill the RV from the, from the barrels. So that will be really handy as well because it's a bitch to try to um, lug jugs to fill the RV. And also, um, you know, the barrels don't have spigots on them and it would just be gravity anyway. And at some point, you know, I do want to put spigots on at least one. But right now I don't have the spigot system set up and on any of them. And so, it, you know, how would I get the water out of the barrels into the RV, right? So this seems like it's a good preliminary plan for kind of what I'm thinking so far as far as having a, re a redundant system in place, just in case other systems fail, etc. And it may be that I don't end up needing it, but I'm just kind of like planning and thinking right now. So that's kind of what I came to. And it's uh, good enough for now. <laughs> There is a moon that just rose probably about an hour or an hour and a half ago, and it is enormous. It's the biggest moon I've ever seen that's not been right on the horizon. It's actually quite a ways up in the sky. If you were to hold your hands up at the horizon, it's probably, I don't know, I actually can't do that in a car. That doesn't make sense, but it's twice the size of a normal moon. That's, that's just, that would be how I'd describe it. It's, it's huge. I don't understand what I'm looking at. I don't understand why it's like that. Um, <laughs> I watched somebody's video of the sun today and it was like, they said that they'd taken videos and photos of the sun for 50 years or something like that. And that they'd never seen that happen, what they had videotaped. And it was, it basically just like, oh gosh, it like it's exploded and was way bigger and um, had all these radiant, it was just like radiant and, and too sparkly to look at. But I mean, in the, you know, like it, it was, that's, that's poorly said. It wasn't too sparkly to look at because the sun is always too bright to look at. But it was like in the, in the camera footage, it went from being a round disc to a multi- uh, phalangeed sparkly star. Does that make sense? <laughs> and then I see this and I'm just like, hmm, what's going on? Eh, maybe nothing, probably nothing, but that's pretty weird. You are a bad dog. The dog went after a horse today and the horse schooled the dog and I thought everything was okay. And then the dog went and was an asshole again and went after the horse again. And I went and formally apologized to the horse afterwards by giving it special grass that I picked just for the horse and the horse was very um accepting of my apology and ate the grass and let me pet him and everything and I just I just I apologized profusely for my el stupido doggo because I was just so rude and that's where that horse lives and so for my dog to go chase it around and its corral was just incredibly rude but also um it's kind of strange the way that's set up because the corral has no gate. It's just got these openings that it's, they're big enough for a human to step through. Um, you know, and so I get it. It's like a way to do it, but it's, it would be nice. You know, it would have been nice if there was actually like a gate, but there's not. So <sighs> the moon is a little smaller than it was, but so yeah, if I hold my hand up, it's like a full hand above. But normally the only time I've ever seen a moon that big as, as big as it was is when it's like down, you know, it's just rising, you know, when it's close to being full. So yeah, that was just weird. So anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> so this is really interesting and it's kind of uh, the first thing that I've seen in a while that made me uh, think a little bit in terms of, you know, it, uh, how should I put this? <clears throat> it, it begs a question. It, it, it makes me a question. Um, it's, it's a little expanded. So <clears throat> there's, uh, one of the podcasters I listen to, um, 
he's definitely not right about everything that he talks about. Um, I've caught him making multiple er erroneous statements just based on his, his lack of knowing. I think he's sincere, um, but he does make... He, he's had a few guests on that just were... They were just not... I know for a fact that what they're saying isn't right. Um, and a few things he said, but in general, I do enjoy his show. And um, I, I'm listening to one right now <clears throat> where he's talking about... Okay, so and this isn't the first time I've heard this at all. This is actually probably the fourth time I've come across this information from different sources. And it's talking about the movie The Sound of Freedom potentially not being what it's purported to be. And I'm not trying to say that I believe that. Um, I haven't seen the movie. And I assumed that it was, you know, exposing this horrible thing and waking everybody up. But this uh, point that I'm listening to tonight kind of makes an interesting, takes an interesting angle on it to say that there, if you look at some of the ties, not so much with Sound of Freedom, but with, um, in particular, the group Thorn, which apparently used to be called DNA... Oh, what was the name of it? It was something with DNA in the title. And apparently a lot of what they're talking about um, is basically, like, tracking and that they have a lot of ties to the CIA... And they also have ties to uh, one uh, supposedly anti-trafficking organization run by Hillary Clinton. Um, so just uh, some real questions there. And uh, so I'm kind of a little fascinated. It's piqued my interest. And, and you know, I would say that that is not common <laughs> um, so I'm kind of interested in I wonder because he's mostly just spouting a bunch of facts about a bunch of information that he's looked up like such as you know this is this organization is linked to them they have this connection um, yada yada and those are things that you kind of can't dispute in a way because it's like just on record you know it's just just factual it's not an opinion um, it's, you know, giving statistics or information that's documented, you know, and not disputed. Um, so that's really intriguing. And it does actually kind of make a kind of sense. Because if you look at the Nazis, um, you know, psychological projection, uh, basically, put it puts, it, it obfuscates to the point where the crimes being committed by the perpetrator are projected onto the victim and it's so convoluted where and so it, it does fit like what better way to hide and in fact a lot of uh, child supposedly child protective organizations are where pedophiles will go get jobs so that they can get close to kids you know um, we know that that's a fact that's shown um and so, you know, what better way if you're some sort of sicko pedophile to, like, get uh, to fly under the radar, but to really flip it on everybody and, you know, you, you work with the CIA to develop tracking technology that they can get into kids so that they can, like, just surveil everybody even more. And who knows? Maybe there is trafficking going on in, the, in this organization. I don't know. But it, it's a compelling, and he's said enough, he's shared enough facts at this point for me to go, okay, huh, maybe there's something to this. Maybe this is not just a simple-minded leftist retort, you know, to try to, you know, because it can't deal with the, the idea or the reality of child victimization by people that they think are legit. I just got off of a dirt road, so you may hear a different background noise. But, so yeah, um, that's pretty interesting. And I would just suggest looking into it on your own if you're interested in this, um, because I myself have not done any research into this particular organization yet, uh, but this podcaster has. And... Um, 
you know, it sounds to me like there's some connections there that are very questionable. Um, <laughs> and who the heck knows at this point? It's kind of like if someone professes to be about one thing and they have this big platform and you've got to kind of follow the money, right? Like how much money are they making? And one thing that was mentioned, and this is not, this is the second time I've heard this from a different source, actually, the first time I heard it, um, that the guy who made um, The Sound of Freedom literally made millions of dollars by being involved in this thing called the Underground Railroad, where they're supposedly like, you know, rescuing kids from trafficking. I mean, it's not like it's wrong to earn a living. And I don't, you know, I don't buy into this, you know, bullshit that like money's evil or something like that. Um, it's, you know, everybody need, deserves to be paid for their work and everybody deserves to make a living, you know? And so if he's doing a service, then there's nothing wrong with making money off of it. Um, but if you look at how much they're profiting, are they like making millions? Um, at what point do you kind of start to wonder like, well, okay, hmm. You know, it's kind of like if you look at the amount of money that the Obamas had before they went into office and then the amount that they had when they came out of office, it's hundreds of millions of dollars. But how in the world are we supposed to believe that they came by that through book deals? You know what I mean? Like that's what they always use is the book deals, you know, that supposedly that's how they made the money. But I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of obvious something else is going on. Um, by the way, on that note, just um, as a side trip, but still relevant, I was listening to Candace Owens today and she was talking about... Um, her take on like Barack Obama being gay and she was just citing like his ex-girlfriend had letters that he had written to her that talked about his fantasies of having sexual relations with men and then you look at the photographic evidence showing that his wife is a man um, bunches of pictures of her grabbing her junk bunches of pictures of her junk showing through her clothing flopping around through her clothing while she's dancing or going up and down stairs just the way she's built pictures of her as with like really short hair and obviously a guy and just you know um then there's always um that comedian what's her name who said right before she died in surgery <laughs> she said um that they all knew he was gay and you know like she dies three days later Anyway, so I guess I digressed a little bit there, but it's all connected. Um, I definitely, here's my take on it. I definitely think something's going on. I definitely think that child trafficking and human trafficking is real. Uh, I was talking with some just, I would say completely, it's like, I don't want to use a derogatory term like idiot or moron, but it's like, at, at what point do you do you decide you're going to wake up? At what point do you, do you, I mean, start listening to all the evidence being presented to you? You know, it's fairly ridiculous. Um, what some of these leftists are saying on Facebook in this group, it's supposed to be a political group that you can discuss politics in, but what's happening is, uh, there's these, you know, left, left winger, I would say, you know, really ignorant people, let's put it that way. Um, cause you know, maybe they're not stupid. Maybe they're just really ignorant and uninformed. And that's kind of how I've been sort of treating it because my whole stance is if you're going to say something that's bullshit, I'm going to speak up to counter it. I don't, I don't see the, why not? Why wouldn't I? It's like, I'm not, I don't, I have a really low, like my bullshit filter isn't, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm like, why wouldn't I counter that? You know, you just said something that I know to be factually incorrect. Um, you know? So, um, so I'm kind of adding to the discussion and balancing out the, the, you know, the political statements being made with conservative, uh, fact, just facts and, and people, you know, people are saying things like, you know, they're, they're just repeating what they heard on CNN and MSNBC and shit. And like, you can see their source, they'll, they'll post these articles and it's literally written by a mainstream fake news corporation. <clears throat> and it's, I'm just pointing that out. I'm like, you, you do realize that the source you're using is a fake news corporate media company. It's not, this isn't 
they've, they've literally been caught lying to the American people numerous times. You, you do realize that, right? You know, it's like, you know, or they'll be, they'll be like really a condescending and they won't actually be able to have a conversation that's respectful because I'm always, I'm always just, you know, I would never like resort to that because that's just kind of at that point you lose your credibility. What are you really doing? You're just, you know, like you're just doing character assassination just so that you can like seem superior. Like, come on. I don't think anybody respects that. But some of these people do that. And at that point, you know, if they start being condescending, I'll just block them. But, um, so yeah. So anyway, I was talking about Candace Owens and she was, um, just showing some, some facts, some actual, you know, like evidence, like here's these letters from, you know, Barack Obama's old girlfriend, where it shows that he was talking about this. And then there's this witness that came forward, which I'm sure you've all heard about, where he said that he did drugs with Obama and he had sex with Obama, like in a taxi cab or something like that. And he hasn't changed his story at all. It's been consistent for a long time now, for like five years or something, uh, something like that. So, um, Anyway, I'm kind of lost my train of thought. I'm driving and it's um, on a windy country road. <laughs> so a little distracted. But anyway, I guess um, I'm just curious about this alternative um, take on some of these things. Because if you look at the way that the cabal operates, um, it's very, it's kind of intelligent, even though I do think that they're, they're also really stupid. Um, because they, they're, they're, they're doing something that I think the average person won't ever sus suspect or believe. Um, it's like this really weird reverse psychology where it's, it's a form of psychological projection. And it's like, you know, they're, they're doing something like, it's like what they're doing with Trump. Like uh, all these, you know, this, it is a witch hunt. It is. Um, if you look at just, they just keep trying to find something on him and they just can't. He's, he's been exonerated from everything they've ever tried to pin on him. And, you know, now they're trying to say that, you know, they're trying to, it's so crazy because he was the president and he had the right legally to do, to declassify and to possess classified documents. Both of those were his legal right as POTUS. And yet Senator Joe Biden had, uh, classified documents in his garage and some boxes in his garage. That's completely illegal. That is against the law. Vice presidents are not allowed to do that. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, it's weird. And then, I, and then like I was posting in this discussion group, this political group, I was like countering some of the things that people, these people are claiming. I was just like reposting something about how Trump's a racist. And I'm just like, oh, what is racist about what, you know, what did Trump do that specifically that's racist? And like, they just don't have an answer for that. You know, they'll just get all condescending and, you know, it's, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. You know, or like they're saying that, you know, uh, that MAGA is like uh, extremist, you know, and I'm like, well, what about MAGA is specifically is extremist? And they just, of course, it was crickets. They don't have anything specific because there is nothing specific. They just are repeating what they heard on the negative news. Um, they have not woken up at all. And uh, so I find it kind of interesting because, um, you know, I think Facebook definitely shadow bans. And um, there's little groups I belong to that we post stuff because we all get it. But it's like it's kind of an echo chamber, maybe. And so I do look for opportunities, even though it is probably shadow banned for the most part, or you att attract the bots immediately, you know, if you say anything. I mean, I, I take it like anybody who's really nasty to you, you know, when you haven't been nasty to them and you're simply asking a question or you're posting a counterpoint to what they're saying, um, that that, is, that indicates they're either a paid chill or a bot, or they're just kind of so deluded that they're, you know, they haven't, they don't, they're not emotionally mature, so they can't even have a conversation with you <laughs> without getting nasty. And that was something that Patriots found out year, through the last few years as the, the left, the radical left, um, was just so vicious and nasty. And it's funny that's, that's the psychological projection in action right there where, you know, they're the, the, the propaganda that they've been told is that MAGA, um, is like, or even just Republicans, um, are these right wing extremist, racist, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, it, and I think that that's the way that they're, they're sort of convinced that they need to be like that 
or something. I mean, I don't know how else they would justify it in their own minds unless they're just not very um, intelligent. But they're always, they were, they've always been the ones that are just so horrible. They're just nasty. They act like middle schoolers having a tantrum. Um, and yet MAGA has been consistently very um, calm and peaceful and rational and provide evidence to back up what they're saying, you know. But with the left, it's like, so this is emotion, it's like an emotional rampage. It's, they just, they're just like hostile. And uh, to me, it's sad because they don't even realize how they're, they've been weaponized. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to get into like some toxic debate on Facebook or anything like that, but I do find it somewhat stimulating uh, to actually encounter, you know, it's like, we've got a live one kind of a thing, you know, it's kind of a little bit fun. And I, I don't mind blocking someone, like I said, who's gets nasty or abusive. And yeah, absolutely. I'll block you. You know, I'm not going to put up with that. I don't need to. Why? <laughs> you know, but you'll, you'll see some like milder versions where they're not getting nasty, but they will say, well, you know, prove it. And you're like, well, I, I'm not, it's not my job to do your research for you. I'm just pointing out that, you know, you're citing a source that is, um, been been shown multiple times now over and over in fact to be fake news um it, you know you, you can you can do the research if you're really that interested i'm not it's not my job to go and look up the you know in all the files that i've saved like go find that for you so that i can convince you like that's not my job you know um but but you know i go ahead and look into this if it, if you if you don't believe me you're free to look into it you know we both have access to the same internet i know that it's changed the results are altered by google but you don't have to use google as your search engine you can use brave or quant you know maybe even yandex and there's a lot of others too so you know <laughs> but um that at least is like a level of engagement where it's not super toxic it's just kind of entitled and trigger finger but yeah I don't yeah you can probably tell that I'm back on a dirt road again <laughs> uh, there's things that rattle speaking of that I, I think I'm gonna switch gears and talk a little bit about the land and the property and um, the properties um, so yeah, I've I've been finding more and more trees that have come up that I that I planted and it's it's pretty exciting. Just the other day I found it was last week I found a little another mesquite on the west side of my compound. It's in a really nice spot. And uh, it's like it would be great for privacy and it's far enough away from where the house would go if you build a house in that spot. It's just a really great location for a, another tree. And it looked like it was doing great, but it needed, it was going to need some support or it wouldn't make it kind of, or, you know, it'd probably fade away. And so I just decided to dig a small swale, um, upland of it, you know, what little slope there is. I, I know the direction of slope. So I dug a little swale there and I put various pieces of, uh, organic material that just was lying around. Um, I put that all around it. And uh, it's doubled in size in just a matter of days. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I've only watered it twice. I just filled the little swale. But that allows the water to really sink down to the root system and allows it to, to grow. And it really, I mean, it's amazing to me how fast these things respond to what I'm doing. Um, yeah, so that's really exciting to see. And I think with the other ones that I've found, I really need to do the same thing. Just take the time to put a little swale in next to it and, and you know, really support it when it's young. So that if I do end up moving to the new property, these trees have a, a leg up to survive when, you know, because I don't know if the new owner would understand uh, anything about that. You know, most people I've encountered uh, do not understand it. They don't understand Infiltration. They don't understand what a swale is. Um, it's it's really the rare, rare, rare person that does, in my experience. And so I would assume that the new owner would not. And so if I can get swales in the ground, they're either going to help me if I stay, keep these trees alive, or they'll help the trees grow despite p potential and probable neglect or not under you know lack of understanding on the part of the new owner. 
So that's the way I'm handling it is since I don't totally know how it's going to go, I am continuing to build the property that I'm on in subtle ways, mostly just supporting in the trees that I've established. That's the big thing because trees to me are everything. They're the linchpin, the, the foundation of ecology. Um, they provide shade in a windbreak and they build soil. Um, they hold down the soil uh, from erosion. It's pretty much just everything. They attract birds, they attract wildlife, they attract beneficial pollinators. Um, they're just really the core foundation of, of the rest of the restoration. So um, it's just really exciting to see. And uh, also on that note, um, I got my you know part-time job I mentioned before uh, as farmhand and I'm um, essentially the gardener which is just the funnest job. I mean, I love gardening. I love it. It's my favorite thing to do, gardening, planting. You know, I basically call it, you know, it's like designer gardening, essentially, because I'm a designer and I know intuitively right away what a, pro what a property needs and I can just go do it, you know. So I've got about six new trees in at one of the locations that I've been asked to build gardens for and take care of and um, bunches of other native plants. Um, I've gotten the manager of the of the farm to um, go ahead and purchase some pollinator attracting and supporting um, perennials both shrubs and 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 smaller plant sizes um, and that's exciting and even within like as right as I was planting and this, I've had this happen before so I, I I'm not surprised but I was always I, I'm always delighted when this happens because it's it's just delightful uh, two yellow butterflies showed up right away and were hanging out and buzzing around as did um, honeybees you know so it's pretty exciting so um, and then the other location I've got a whole garden built um, created a whole new garden um, and installed it and that one has, uh, I don't think that the trees that I had available to me to use were good stock. So those, I don't know if they're going to make it or not yet. They don't look too good and I don't think they will, but it might, you know, they might, they might still survive. I'll have to see. Um, <laughs> just getting home and hearing a dog. That's cute. Um, I don't know if that was my dog actually, but, um, I just went to a dinner. It was like a member owner appreciation dinner and music event. Oh, and it is Doggo. Hello, Doggo. But, um, in that garden is beautiful. There's like rocks and paths and hi, 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 hi. Hello, hi. Oh, um, so that's been really fun. Hi, buddy. Hi. Yeah, hi. And, um, and then there's some other gardens I'm going to be doing for other properties. So it's just been really fun and getting things established is really exciting and figuring out, you know, as I'm doing it, like deciding how am I going to make, how am I going to keep these things alive? How am I going to support them? Um, cause I'm there twice a week. Um, apparently there are volunteers that do water other times. And that's really excellent because I think twice a week when they're new in this kind of heat, I don't think that's enough. So I'm going to give one of them a tour of the new trees so that she can know where they are. Because when they're young like that, they can be easy to miss in the landscape. So, but I've been doing deep swales. Uh, in some cases, I've been putting some organic material, but most of the time I don't have access to it. My new boss did just tell me that I have access to this, a lot of really dank um, amendments. So I'm going to utilize those in the future. But the ones that I've already put in, they don't have that. So mostly it's just native soil. I'm using a lot of rocks to shelter. Um, and then I guess you could say mulch um, a lot of the plants. And... Um, one of the things that I, that I think is a good strategy, and, and I, because I noticed that three of the trees I put in had lived um, in one of the gardens, they are natives. There's a Palo Verde, a Desert Willow, and I think there might be two Palo Verdes. Um, hey, buddy. Um, hi. 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 But they all look great. And I think that might have something to do with the fact that I'm putting a a tall 
Slim, Slim Rock um, on the south side of the little planting area so that there's a little shade for the baby tree. What is it? What? And um, so that the roots are shaded, you know? So that might be one of the reasons why it's working. Zombie permaculture is the scariest book you'll ever read. I know that's saying a lot, but it's not only a revelation of what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole, it's also true. You can't make this stuff up. Years of research, direct paranormal experience have shown that not only does humanity need to know what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole, we're going to need the solution presented in zombie permaculture if we're going to survive it. Once it knows that we know, it's going to come harder and faster for us and we're going to need to be prepared. Zombie permaculture will teach you what's wrong and how to fix it. It scared me so bad to do the research to corroborate my thesis. I stopped writing for a total of about four years, maybe even five. Trust me, this is not hype. The zombie apocalypse is real. Turns out there's a beautiful solution. It's within our reach and it involves something that I've been doing my whole life. I know this because it's been shown to me through direct spiritual experience as well as the research I've done. And I can tell you that there is a solution. So after we look at the scary part, I'll show you the amazing, wonderful, exciting part. Humanity has been drugged through the mud for too long. It's time for us to stand up, rise up together, shake off this horrible weight that's been holding us like this down in the mud and step into our evolutionary journey with this earth in this beautiful infinite universe. <laughs>